What's up, homies? It's Claudia here, and I just wanted to jump on real quick before the episode starts. Um, This is a trigger warning. Uh, We do touch on some really intense topics. Uh, We talk about miscarriage. We talk about a few different things uh, about what happens when, you know, people lose someone. And we were joined by um, Ali Stokes, who's an incredible certified uh, funeral director and embalmer. She's so passionate, and her intention, as well as our intention, was to really just educate and um, and let the public know all of the amazing services that are available um, when when multiple different things kind of happen um, with regards to losing someone, losing a loved one, losing a child, um, when mothers miscarry uh, miscarry their babies. There's there's a lot more options. However, this is very um, intense information, and it can be very triggering if you've ever been through anything like this. So I just wanted to come on here real quick before the episode starts. Let's let you know that this is coming up. These are some of the topics that we discuss. And if this is something that you really don't want to hear, you've either been through it or you're just real sensitive and you don't want to hear about these kinds of things, please skip over this episode. Don't listen. Um, and if you are comfortable with it and you want to, you want this information, then that would be amazing. Um, have a listen. It was a really incredible episode. It really helped me a lot. I didn't know a lot of the things that Ali was able to talk to us about and what, how many services are actually available and sometimes even, um, at no cost. Um, so yeah, have a listen, um, but also be aware, this is definitely a trigger warning, be aware of what's coming up, and um, thanks so much for the love and the support, um, we really love you guys, we love doing this podcast, and uh, I can't wait to share more and more information with all of you. Alright guys, thanks so much, enjoy, and uh, we'll talk soon, bye! Yeah. Oh, <laughs> It's What's up, buddies? Lockdown buddies, episode Lockdown six. Lockdown buddies. Ooh, you did it! Holy <laughs> shit, I practiced that for like an hour. So fresh, everybody. Lockdown oh, buddies, yay. episode six. We got Ali Stokes in the house at long yep. last. What our resident funeral wait. director, our resident certified embalmer. What's up, homie? What's up, girl? How you feeling? How you doing? I'm great. I'm <laughs> So excited to finally talk to you guys and uh, be a part of Lockdown Buddies. It's Ali, so good. It's so good for you it. to be here. You're actually here. We did it. We did it. We actually did it. We actually did it. Yeah, <laughs> we, we did. did. So hell um, to the yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, before we start, I was just gonna say you want. We're gonna give you a shout out on your your Instagram so people can find you because <laughs> why not? Yeah. Um, do you, what's, what's your handle? It's Ali Stokes. It's Ali Stokes XO. And you have quite the following, eh? Uh, I have about 1,500. Um, you know, I've had Instagram for like 10 years or whatever, so I've been trying collecting them over the years. <laughs> <laughs> That's so, amazing. Um, okay, so you work... Do you work? Okay, so we're gonna we're gonna do some privacy stuff here. You work like in Guelph area. I do. Yeah, and you and I actually, um, I got recommended. Someone recommended you, 
uh, that I reach out to you for one of my friends. And since that time, I've been like <laughs> internet friends. Internet. Right? Yeah. <laughs> and then um, your job was like the coolest. And I thought and you, you guys were the coolest. I saw you both. <laughs> your podcast going on and that you were having guests and I was like oh, well maybe I should you know see if there's anybody out there that have any weird you know morbid questions or anything want to ask that they've just never had the guts to and I'm you know, so happy not, I'm so happy not, that you um, reached out for that that's cool yeah, Me too. We actually got a lot of questions, but I'm gonna because we only have you for a little bit, so I figured we we get into some of them. But um, I guess the first one, the one that came up the most was how did you get into this line of work, and can you talk about it? Yeah, like Absolutely. tell us about specifically what your job is, what's your title, and how how you got into it. Yeah. Oh, Claudia's back. Yeah. Where did um, I go? I've been here. <laughs> So, my title is a licensed funeral director and embalmer in the province of Ontario. Um, So, you know, pretty much I've always kind of been one of those weird kids that just kind of had a morbid curiosity. Um, And I always knew I wanted to help people and, you know, help my community um, I thought about being a paramedic, but then I thought, you know, having somebody's life in my hands would be way too much for me emotionally. Um, yeah. so, you know, my mom and I sat down one day together and we're like, you know, you've kind of always been that spooky chick. And like, as a joke, we, we thought, you know, when I was a little kid, I was exposed to a lot of funerals. Um, yeah. You know, I got up when I was 12 at my own grandfather's funeral in front of like 400 people and I did a eulogy, wow. you know, and I, wow. it's so amazing. And, you know, I, I just went for it. So um, I applied to Humber College, which is, one of two colleges in Ontario that offers the program. It's um, it's an extremely competitive program to get accepted into just because the sheer fact that it's the only one um, that's mm. English people. The other one is for French. Wow. Um, okay. And uh, I, I got accepted and I... I ever since so that was um in 2014 wow wow that's amazing that's crazy that's amazing yeah I'm so thankful you know um in Ontario you actually can't even apply for the program until you've done you know about 40 hours of shadowing at a funeral home Oh. Um, so before you can even apply, yeah, Holy. before you can even apply. So wow. thankfully, having had that experience as a kid with my grandfather's funeral, mm-hmm. I was good family friends with the local funeral homes. Um, wow. and they were like, absolutely, you know, come on in. And that was that. Wow. So- 
Can I just say that you're freaking badass? <laughs> oh my gosh, yeah. thank you. Well, actually, yeah, it's funny you. because I ended up at the exact same funeral home where I stood up as a 12-year-old and did that eulogy. Oh, that's really okay, cool. Okay, that's so cool. Yeah. When, okay, so when you're so when you're starting, yeah. Like there must have been so many questions, right? Like, how do you know that this is for you? Yeah. Like, how do you keep everything? emotionally because it's such an emotional job right it really is um and that's what that shadowing period is really important for because they don't want you to spend all this money in school and like spend all this time towards something unless you're for sure so you know the 40 hours of shadowing it included me doing everything a licensed funeral director would except for the actual embalming itself um you know so i when somebody passes away whether that be at their home or a hospital a nursing home i would do the transfer of the deceased and you know show up in my black minivan and um, bring them into my care. And then I would have the opportunity to sit down with their families and, you know, figure out, okay, how are we going to celebrate this person's life? Or how are we going to keep their memory alive? And, mm-hmm. and I was like, I went home after my first day and I just knew right away. I was like, yep. You know, this is it. This is for me. It's incredible. Like, you know, you're kind of, you're the, you're the, like, the last piece that a lot of people get to experience um, in terms of getting closure, like after having lost a family member, a friend, whoever it might be. Absolutely. Does that, does that responsibility kind of weigh on you sometimes? Or is it why you do it, you know, to help them through that grieving process at that stage? Honestly, it it is probably one of the main driving forces of why I do it. Um, wow. Just the sense of accomplishment and, you know, feeling so rewarded when I come home. Like, yes, I'm physically and emotionally drained and completely exhausted. But, you know, when I pick somebody up from the hospital... And then I, you know, perform their embalming. I do their hair and their makeup. And their daughter says, I haven't seen my mom look this good in 20 years. Or I haven't seen my dad look this good since before he was sick. It's like, it makes every second worth it. Worth it. Have you, have you noticed like, so, you know, obviously we're still in the midst of this pandemic. Have you noticed like a shift in how you can engage with the family like are you still able to have these kinds of interactions and be able to help them through it like how how has it been how has COVID been for you and 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 the industry as far as you can tell um it's it's been extremely hard for us um number one is I'm a huge hugger it's it's just my thing you know uh it's my way of expressing my sympathy to somebody. Um, 
So, you know, having to keep my distance from somebody, I mean, there's been times when a widow can't help herself but to to give me a hug for that sense of comfort. And who am I to push her off? But it's just, it's always in the back of my head, like, okay, if I'm sick and don't know it, I could get her sick. Um, You know, so we've been doing absolutely everything we can to be top-notch when it comes to our disinfecting and our protocols. Um, The Bereavement Authority of Ontario, who kind of oversees all of the funeral homes, has been really vigilant in making sure we're all following our rules. Um, right. you know, but it's, it's hard cause you know, before COVID we'd have a funeral with hundreds of people and now mm. currently the maximum is 10 total. Mm-hmm. So yeah, wow. a lot of people have 10 immediate family members, let alone grandkids, let alone best friends. Um, mm-hmm. so thank God for technology We've uh, started implementing live streaming of 99% of our services, which has been a huge relief to everybody. Mm -hmm. That they could actually still participate, even if they can't actually be there. That's huge. Yeah, it really is. Not just Mm -hmm. for the number's sake, but also for... um, the people that don't feel safe yet to leave their home and gather yeah. in a small group. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Hallie, this is like very already like very moving, you know, to hear. Oh, really I'm so, I'm so yeah. glad. No, honestly, you know, like, to, to my main goal is to and... share. Yeah. Well, there's so much that we don't know, right? There's only, I didn't know. Like, I didn't honestly didn't even know there were two schools. <laughs> I didn't Me even either. know, you know, there's like, a French only. Yeah. That there, yeah. yeah. I never know. Well, and the thing is, um, yeah. people are people are scared to ask these questions. Death and, you know, funeral industry has always been extremely taboo. And, you yeah. know, my goal is to inform people. There's nothing we have to hide. There's nothing that you as a consumer don't have a right to know. Right. That's awesome. Yeah. Okay, I have a question that wasn't on, on the list, but it just came up, so I'll be really gentle. So, Of course. Okay, so you pick somebody up. Yeah. Um, what is the process? Like, you pick them up, and then how long does the embalming take? So not everybody will be embalmed. Um, yeah. In Ontario, it's completely optional. So if anyone you know, were to say, oh, this person died from COVID, they have to be embalmed, or this person died from this, it's the law. It's not. It's 100% up to the family's discretion. Um, But, you know, if I were to perform an embalming, it usually for a typical, you know, standard person, it takes about an hour and a half um, from start to finish. And that includes, you know, disrobing them and, you know, washing their hair and cleaning their body and giving them a bath. Um, 
But like I said, you don't have to be embalmed. And that's one of the misconceptions for people is um, they think, oh, we have to get mom embalmed if we want to see her. You don't. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, we're happy for you to see your loved one without an embalming. I mean, the benefits of embalming are, you know, really to the point where we encourage it. But it's not something that, like I said, is the law. Um, You know, so and people are always questioning that, you know. I I don't want to see my mom if she doesn't look like herself. Well, that's what an embalming will help with, right? Right. It's restoring them back to their natural beauty. You, you, um, um, no, yeah, go ahead. Go ahead, No, I was just going to say, like, you know, um, I think somebody, one of the people that had, like, jumped in and, and wanted to have some information was asking about, um, you know, green burials and stuff like that. And I'm just curious as to, like, what your experience with that has been, if any, and, like, what, what is the deal? Because it's almost like that's a little bit of a trend, which is weird to say because I think the typical thing for yeah. millennia, yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean, for all of civilization up until recently, I guess. But whether you're yeah. green burials and stuff, is there places um, in Toronto to do it? Right. So um, I'm thankful that being in Guelph, you know, we've always kind of been a community that's environmentally conscious. Um, Guelph with, you know, the university being here and, you know, just the way our city works is we always want to be eco-friendly. So when it comes to green burials, what a green burial is, is first of all, not doing an embalming which i said Mm -hmm. is their decision Mm -hmm. but the second thing is it's it's trying to kind of push away from the traditional cemetery you know um 90 of cemeteries will require you to have a concrete vault that your casket goes in so not only are we putting you know a casket full of metal into the ground but we're putting a big slab of concrete into the ground these are things that won't you know just go back to the earth um so to answer your question currently although a lot of cemeteries are working towards it there's actually only two in all of ontario that are certified by the green burial society of Canada um, and wow. neither which surprisingly are in Toronto it, the closest oh. one yeah is Niagara Falls wow oh wow um, where's the other one Picton oh, Picton or Niagara wow. Falls wow okay yeah so I mean and what and you'd never know that they're a cemetery that's the neat thing is like they don't use traditional tombstones and, you know, they don't have paved roads throughout. They're more of like a forest. They're more of yeah. 
somewhere yeah. that you go to to sit and you know think about your loved one so they're really neat um for anyone that's interested in that i highly recommend mm -hmm. doing your research through the green burial society of canada mm -hmm. they are the top of the line you know ones that say this is what makes you green and this is what doesn't okay that's so cool that yeah so cool dude yeah, you're like blowing true. my mind and we're like 20 minutes in i'm like holy shit well because yeah. think about this think about like tectonic plates right yeah. think about how yeah. the ground is always moving so if you, if you have a tombstone in one place and your grandmother's buried there at that tombstone, 20 years, you know, 100 years, 200 years down the road, she's actually, you know, a few yeah. meters away. Yeah. I never <laughs> thought of that. Right? Um, and then another thing is just the quality of the ground. Wow. What do you so mean? me personally... Yeah. My grandmother was just buried in March, and we definitely mm. went with a concrete vault just for peace of mind as well, because some of them are completely water and airtight. So right. I, you know, have that thought that she's in there, nothing's getting to her, she's going wow. to decompose naturally and the way that she can go back to where she came from in my mind you know mm -hmm, mm -hmm. well first of all i'm sorry for your loss oh thank you yeah i'm sorry about that oh, thank you're awesome. you like, That's seriously. Incredible. this is like I, I've had so many questions personally and then when people have been like asking i'm like that's a good question <laughs> yeah i know right yeah so okay so you started when you're like, how old are you now? I'm 28. Oh man, you're still so young. Yeah. So I feel so nice. thankful that I have a career that I can, you know, work for the rest of my life and, you know, make a name for myself and serve my community. So yeah, I'm super thankful for that. It, it comes it's through in your language, like that you clearly found your calling. You know? Oh, yeah. Like it thank really does. You. I've been listening to you and I'm like, yeah, okay, that person's doing what they're they're meant to be doing. You know what I mean? Right. Like, and like yeah. I you'd never guess, you know, I was a troubled teen. You know, I went through my own struggles with, you know, mental health and drugs and alcohol. And I was on my way down a really dark path. So if you were to ask somebody I went to high school with, can you believe what Allie Stokes is up to? You know, a lot of them are like, no, oh my God, I'm so proud of her. And like that just, you know, makes me want to work even harder that, you know, I turned my life around. I found something that I'm extremely passionate about and not to brag, but I think I'm good at it. So, yeah. Yeah, you know, I got the sense that you're good at it. <laughs> uh, yeah. So it's really, it feels so good. And, you know, I want to show all the other people struggling out there that, you know, it's never too late to make a positive change. It's never too late to go back to school. 
it's never too late to find something that you're passionate about. That's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. yeah amazing. That's amazing. Yeah. So, okay, I have a question. Yeah. <laughs> so, what are your shifts like? Like, like I just imagine that you're there like 12 hours a day. Right. Is that, is that actually I know. Um, so, thankfully, we work as a team. So, um, usually you'll have either like your standard eight to five or mm. your 12 to nine. But this is Monday through Sunday. This isn't just a Monday to Friday job. Mm. Um, you know, it's also all your holidays, all your weekends, you know, we'll take turns, of course. Um, but it's a 24 seven, 365 job. When I work the 12 to nine shift, that means that I have to be on call for that night. So I do get to go home and, you know, go to bed, but my phone's right beside me. And if somebody passes away, I got to pop right out of my bed and throw on my suit and, you know, wow. wake myself up and talk to a grieving family as if I wasn't just in bed. Wow. But it's not, you know, we do the occasional 12-hour shift, but no, thankfully, as a team, my coworkers and I, um, you know, all do our part so that there's always somebody available for our community. Um, did um do you like yeah, your coworkers? Okay. Do they all have kind of the same I don't know, like a disposition, like it's the same honor, I guess, to be the last responder, right? I think so. You know, it really takes a special person to do this job. 100%. And even though we're all nothing alike, we all take that sa same sense of pride to do what yeah. we do. That's amazing. Yeah. That's so badass. <laughs> yeah, well, like, like I work with like sixty-year-old men. I work with twenty-year-old women. I work, you know, we're all over the map. None of us are alike, you know, and that's a good thing because, you know, not every family's gonna relate to me. An, an, another family might feel more comfortable with an older male or with an older yeah. female, you know. So it's sure. it's good that we have you know all walks of life to be able to help them is there like um like a dark sense of humor because i worked at the hospital we all had a dark sense of humor a hundred percent a hundred percent we have to just find the joy in everything we do and like yeah we want yeah. to have laughter in our life so yes for <laughs> yeah. sure we we all have a bit of a morbid sense of humor but um, it's never, you know, directed to someone we're serving or directed towards a family. It's always no. just, oh, yep, okay, here we go, you know. <laughs> yeah. But you have to laugh or else the world What's would be a here? sad place. Yeah. yeah. Um, Claude, did you have a question? Because I can see yeah, it Yeah, I did. <laughs> I'm, like, excited. Um, I was just thinking about, like, how, you know, how deal with the mental the mental health aspect of like the job yeah. right because it's right. so it's so emotional so and you have to be there for each your not only for the people that passed away but for their grieving families 
So what do you and your colleagues try to do for yourselves to like keep yourselves grounded so that you can be present with those, you know, clients with your, with the grieving families and stuff? Right. Um, well, I just so happen to be like a huge empath. So I'm not just, you know, putting on an act. I'm grieving with these families as they're grieving. I feel some of their pain. Um, you know, so it's really important for people in my line of work or any line of work that takes an emotional toll on you to take care of yourselves. You know, our off days are our off days. You know, you need to spend time with your family and friends. You need to get out and have some sunshine, get out and exercise. Um, I like to volunteer. I like to do good in other ways. Like I'll go out to the nursing home or, you know, just anything you can to kind of keep your mind off work, but still do something that's good for you nice yeah um and counseling too like um you know there's no shame to anyone who sees a therapist or sees a counselor yeah, it's sure super we all need to see a therapist yeah it's super important to get <laughs> professional help yeah. when you need it and you know mm -hmm. it's nice to just to have somebody to talk to that's not a friend or family member that has that other perspective. Yeah, totally. totally. And has agree. like, you know, entrained and, you know, the thing that might be festering in your head for you, you think you're the only one and they have like a textbook on the wall about that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You're, you're not oh, alone. This, you know what I mean? 112. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I, I have a, an interesting question. So, and like when you're um, in your friendships and like dating, do you talk about, your day-to-day -day, like or do you really have to watch how the person responds to or is it kind of like this is who I am and this is what I do so yeah. yeah um I'm lucky that my family and friends um are totally fine with it you know um without breaching any confidentiality of course I I do tell them you know what I've gone through and some of the difficult things I've had it's a way for me to vent um but my mom being a nurse yeah. has seen just as bad right so but when it yeah. yeah so I'm thankful I have a great support system but you know, it either scares somebody away or really intrigues them. And I'm not going to force somebody to like that side of me if they don't, because it's a huge part of who I am. Sure. Yeah, yeah. sure. It's, it really sounds like it's a real, that. yeah, there's a real passion. There's a drive. It's not, it's yeah. not just a job. You can, that's quite obvious, you know, so it's a big part yeah. of, of you. That's huge. Yeah. That's really cool. Okay, I got another one from the from the fans. Yes. Yeah. Okay, so <laughs> one was really easy. Do you like horror movies? It says in your profile that you do. What is your favorite horror movie? Oh my gosh, that's so hard. I I am um a super huge horror fan since um I saw The Exorcist when I was like five years old. Um <laughs> Yes. Yeah. Yes! So, um, 
I do. I and you know what? It's it's the it's this the sense that you get having that jolt of fear it's yeah. really exhilarating it really is and <laughs> yeah absolutely i like i go through phases um where i'll watch my favorites over and over again so like i'll start at the first hellraiser all the way to the beginning or all the all the chucky movies and child's play you know are the classics like um my bumper stickers on my car are Freddie and Jason. So amazing. <laughs> <Yeah>. That's amazing. <laughs> so oh, and then there's the Exorcist poster behind yeah, me right there. You have so oh, much bravery. Jesus. I saw that when I was like 13 and I legitimately thought I was going to pee my pants. I did it. I know. I super brave, but I, you know. But yeah. okay, I got two stories real quick. One is yes. about uh, Claudia. Um, so Claudia. <laughs> Uh, okay, this is an amazing story, and she's gonna be mad that I tell it, but I don't care. So Claudia, Claudia had Goodfellas, right, in Rockwood, and she used to work nights. And oh, when she would really work funny. nights, she had to go up the stairs to to drop off all the stuff that she was baking, right? So she would bake the stuff in the basement, bring it upstairs. But in the whole time, the door is in, like open, right? It's unlocked, right. and it would be night shift. So she, <laughs> so Claudia had this like rotating thing where she would hear a bump upstairs. And Claudia has no training, no no offense, Listen, Claudia. Other, no other than skills. Other than karate as an as an adult, I took karate as an adult. Yeah. Other than that, I have. She and then the to be clear, I got dude. to like white belt. Yeah, she tried. Yeah, you went so far, and then she would run up the stairs like she was gonna fucking throw some hands, and then nothing would ready. be there, and then she would get even more scared that nothing would be there, and that would continue the entire fucking night. Repeat five fucking days a week. <laughs> Oh my what god! What are we talking about? But now here's one that yeah, I got I for you. <laughs> so when I was in, uh, I I lived in Markham, and they had the Bride of Chucky filming in Markham. Oh my so gosh, to, that's yeah, awesome! So I, I fangirled out. I was like, yeah. "This is the best fucking thing I've ever seen." And Jennifer <laughs> Jennifer Tilly's in that, and I was oh, like, "She's this is the best. This is the best yeah. movie I've ever seen." <laughs> Like whenever I watch it, I'm like, I fucking know that place. Yes. Oh my oh, gosh. That's like, so cool. I know exactly yeah. where that is. No, that yeah. one. That one's one of the best ones I think out of all the Child's Play movies, just because of uh, Jennifer oh. Tilly. Yeah, she that's does a good so job, man. Cute. Yeah, she's that's awesome. So cool. <laughs> I may or may not have a life-size Chucky doll. Are you serious? I no. I am serious. Um, okay, so my dad bought it as a joke. Yeah. Um, in Niagara Falls, and <laughs> in the middle of the night, he would hide it in the bathroom so that if I woke mm -hmm. up to pee no. and I turn on the light, there was cooking. Yeah. Oh, um, that dog. <laughs> right. Getting super scared. When oh my, my god, dad, I'm already scared. <laughs> when my dad passed away, I found it hidden in one of his drawers and he just hid it away after he saw how traumatizing it was to us and i just kind of adopted it as my own so now i keep my chucky doll here and i kind of get a giggle every time i see it that's really cute that's actually that's really, really, awesome. really cute. I, I think about like the good old days when he, he was a jokester that's for sure yeah that's really it sounds cute. like <laughs> Sounds like you guys share the same kind of sense of humor, though. Yeah, that's yeah. so cool. That's so yeah, cool. Oh, you're cool as hell. All right. Oh, I think you guys are cool as hell, man. <laughs> and so and is that... anybody listening. 
<laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh my God. The brain babies, the brain babies are top of the line. They want <laughs> our lockdown buddies, our lockdown buddies are homies, man. Yeah. <laughs> <They're the best. laughs> um, yeah. Okay. So I got another one from the gram. Um, okay. So this might be a little, I don't know if you can even talk about it, but what is the worst part of your job that people might not expect? Because obviously the the loss, right? I guess people are yeah. assuming that's part of it. But uh, what would be something that they wouldn't expect? Hi, guys. So I just wanted to jump on real quick uh, before Allie answers this question. Uh, again, this is definitely a trigger warning. Um, if you're not too comfortable, if you feel a little bit sensitive about some topics with regards to death, um, with regards to children, miscarriages, things like that, please either scroll past this or uh, skip the episode. And, um, and we, you know, obviously, it's totally understandable. It's a really heavy topic. And I just wanted to make sure that uh, you're ready to hear what you're about to hear. Allie is so um, sensitive and so kind. And um, she's really trying to just express um, what people go through, you know, it's all part of life. And it's the experience of so many. So that's all our intention is with this episode and with the following information is to just really give people an idea of what people go through and as much information as we can give them um, so that, uh, you know, they can make the best decisions they can and just share awareness, share experiences. Um, You know, sometimes it's really comforting to know that people have been through uh, the same thing that you have. So, um, so again, trigger warning, heads up and uh, enjoy the rest of the episode. Thanks, guys. Um, the worst part is, um, children and infants, oh. you know, I didn't and see that one coming. No, it never gets easy. Like no parent deserves to lose a child. Yeah. Um, you know, whether they're ill, whether it's an accident, you know, um, trying to comfort somebody when they've lost the joy of their life is is extremely difficult and then just dealing with them physically you know like yeah getting them ready in their casket and you know putting their little onesie on or putting their little dress on it it really just tears you apart and Mm. i i do get a sense of of honor I, I get a sense of pride. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But it's, yeah, it never gets easy. And people would be shocked at the amount of, of infants that people lose. And it's, mm. it's another taboo subject, you know, like totally. stillborns and miscarriages. People are suffering from that. Like, we get them weekly. And it's wow. something that people don't want to talk about because they're they want to hide it but as you guys can tell i'm i'm open i like to talk about things i want to encourage people to speak about how they feel um you know so thank god we live in a society that's full of so many resources you know like all of the support groups that would meet in person are over the phone now or you know over zoom on zoom yeah Yeah. so people need to realize that there is help out there including people like me 
Like, I, I go out of my way to get the help I need to deal with seeing that kind of stuff. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. You know, yeah. I, I know, like, um, my mom, so my mom had, like, many miscarriages over the years oh. trying to have kids. She, yeah. like, my parents were married for 15 years, um, oh. and basically trying the whole time, and she miscarried a bunch, and the worst experience that she had was um, she carried a baby all the way to term, and then the poor thing uh, wrapped the umbilical cord around its neck and then it like it passed away so she actually had to give birth to a, a, a dead baby right yeah and it was hugely traumatizing and i think a big part of her eventual ability to kind of get past that was that she was actually able to bury that girl it was a little girl yeah and she was able to bury her they had a tombstone, not a not a stand up one, you know, like a plaque in the ground. Yeah. Um, and they had one of those and she would go and we would go visit that. I remember visiting that that baby's tombstone like many times as a kid. It, she would almost go, you know, around Mother's Day or she would go around like whenever she felt like she wanted to do that. Um yeah. it, it it was a really big deal. And I, I think that, you know, I don't know that society is honors the moms who have lost babies like to a miscarriage to an unfortunate like you know death at birth anything like that it's it's so under um recognized how how difficult that is and i think that i think that a lot of moms are just expected to be like oh it doesn't mean anything it wasn't a full baby yet it's it's not like that like I think that the grieving process needs to be recognized and it's really amazing that you're there to help them through it, you know, at that time. Yeah. Well, cause a lot of people won't reach out to the funeral home um, because a, they think, Oh, well, you know, you know, my, my baby was only 10 weeks in my womb or, or a financial burden. Um, sure. But we offer our services to families completely free of charge when the child's under one. Um, wow, really? You know? And then I don't think a lot of people know that. I think that's no. really, really good. Yeah, that's good to know. So what a way to honor that, you know? Exactly. You know, like the yeah. difference between just going to the hospital and they say, this is a, you know, um, just a product of conception we can get rid of it for you or we can go to the hospital or we can go to the funeral home from the hospital and put my child in a casket and bury my child or cremate my child you know they're not just a product of conception it's it is your your baby regardless of how long they were there for so you know i I've reached out personally to, you know, a lot of the local midwives um, and told them to always reach out to us. Um, You know, it's, I've, this, the hardest thing is having to pick up a baby that's been born, you know, in the hospital out of the mother's arms. She's just given birth and she's holding her baby. And here I show up you know, in my suit, I, I'm here to take your baby. Wow. So, you know, people, <clears throat> people need to reach out. 
and you know yeah. having that sense of a celebration and you know celebrating their memory and their love it does give you closure yeah you know and giving them the opportunity to like you know just acknowledge Great. that it, it was they were real you know yeah. that that child was real that experience was real and you know yeah grieve it you know what i mean that's amazing mm-hmm. that's really, really cool well mm-hmm. that was amazing <laughs> yeah. you guys just like i'm like trying to keep it together i'm like that's cool that's cool all right you're like <laughs> <laughs> i know <laughs> okay cool so uh so what would be the best thing about your job um I kind of already touched on it, but like the best thing is, you know, when somebody says to me, you know, my dad hasn't looked this good since before he was sick or, you know, just somebody telling me I couldn't have done this without you. It, it never, ever gets old and I will go out of my way to, to serve the families that come to me in their deepest, darkest time of their life. And it, it really does give me that sense of pride. And it's a privilege for me to care for these people. Um, and I do take, it's such a sense of honor for me. Um, so that rewarding feeling that I get and the way that I've, I've made a difference to somebody is just, it puts me over the moon, man. Like there's, there's no way to describe it. It just, I, I feel like, yep, this is what I'm doing for the rest of my life. That's, That's incredible. Awesome. Cause I honestly think that like you're in, you're in this role um, and you, and you, you know, uh, fill this role with so much compassion and so much passion for, for the, for the, the job and you have so much respect for what it represents to people that you know that you're the kind of person and and i think most people in this in this role are you're never forgotten like i i uh you know i lost my mom man like 11 years ago now and i still think of the lady that helped us organize everything figure out you know ask us all the questions like what do you think she wants to hold is there like does yeah. she want to be buried with her glasses what clothes does she want to wear and i was so happy that i actually had all the answers to those questions so i think my my, my question to you is what are some of the things if someone is preparing for you know the unfortunate thing of losing a loved one what are some questions that they could have answered ahead of time that might help that process a little bit Um, Well, the number one definitely is your form of disposition. So do you want me to bury you or do you want me to cremate you? That is something, you know, like a father will lose his wife, um, but has never talked to her about it. You know, they've been married 60, 60 something years and he has no idea what his wife's wishes were. You know, so it's hard to have that talk, but just, you know, bite the bullet and sit down with your loved ones and be like, you know, what do you want to do when you pass away? What can I do for you? Do you want a funeral even? 
You know, a yeah. lot of people yeah. don't want people to cry over them or grieve for them. And that's right. their decision. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, how do you want to be remembered is mm-hmm. is the big one. Isn't, that's a great question. Yeah. How right. do you want to be remembered? Yeah. Yeah. Because sure. the little things in the end don't matter. You know, the dress she's wearing, okay. You know, where she's going to be buried, fine. But it's it's more so, what can I do to honor your life when you right. work? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I get it. You know, like at that time when, you know, my mom, she died of, of cancer. So it was like we sort of had a heads up that it was coming but it was such a difficult conversation because you know the person who's sick is in a form of denial is in their own grieving process right even while they're alive because they know it's coming they can feel it so it was it was really interesting at the time trying to get information that i knew that she wanted um execute her way but she wasn't quite ready to talk about so you know over the course of a few months when she was still in like you know conscious like she was still doing good in her mind that she could actually answer these questions it was really helpful then to have the answer because I think there's nothing more like overwhelming than to have to be processing the emotion of your grief and then to also have to answer what casket do you want? And yeah, you know, and make all like these decisions. Just, there's so many decisions. There's so yeah. many decisions that like you don't give a fuck about, to be honest. And like, you know, like you're so sad. Yeah. But they matter. And that's like the importance of it. This or that, right? Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, what a lot of people don't realize is there's so many benefits to pre-planning. And one of the main ones that people don't know is say I pre-planned for my funeral today and it's $2,000, but I don't die for another 20 years. Well, in 20 years, the price has increased every single year. So now it's not $2,000, it's $20,000. My family won't owe anything because they prepaid and are guaranteed those services. So you're locked in. See, that sounds like a smart thing to do, actually. Like, right? That's a and real practical thing that you're right. I don't. I think most people have no yeah. idea. That's, that's very, Like, why that's leave really your family advice. this debt? And why leave your family yeah. to make all these decisions when they're just trying to grieve? When you can yeah. go out to your local funeral home and just do it yourself. And even if you don't put any money down, just they'll get a record of it for you. We'll sit down with you and we'll put all your wishes together. You know, you don't have to put a dollar down, but we'll sit with you and show you what your options are. That's amazing. I'm going to do that. Yeah, (laughs) I know, right? Well, a lot of my friends have actually put it in their wills. Must be involved by Allie Stokes or (laughs) Allie Stokes must be my funeral director. (laughs) That's that's awesome. That's super cool. Yeah, that's really, really cool. That's nice. I went to uh, like... So with my grandfather, he was uh, my my <laughs> mom's dad. He was like a crotchety old guy. Like yeah. that's where I got it from. I'm pretty sure. <laughs> yeah, yeah. When he passed, we had he had only one 
rule, which was that the eulogy and anybody talking had to be honest. Because he didn't like the fact that everybody gets up there and says how amazing everybody is. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. So I remember I remember being there and my when my grandfather passed, my mom and my uncles had a really hard time. He had, it, it had happened, like he had happened, but it happened kind of suddenly. So I went up there and I stayed with my grandma for three days while she was like ready for the funeral. And he hadn't really planned a lot except for that one thing, but that yeah. one thing made all the difference. Really so my did. uncle got up to do the eulogy and uh, he goes, yeah, so uh, this is going to be pretty different. We're going to be honest and we're going to look at, uh, you know, Barney as a was, and we're going to tell positive stories and negative stories because that's what he wanted. Yeah. And people were dying, like with all the negativity, like <laughs> for me, one time, because uh, then it's on my mind, he uh, he liked turtles, right? Yeah. And that horrible chocolate. <laughs> I love so turtles. We, yeah, I, I like them turtles. in moderation. Yeah. He, so we <laughs> all got him a box, a box without knowing it, right? It was like, so there's like nine people giving him nine boxes of turtles. And then he was like silent in the corner when we were like doing Christmas presents. And he didn't share because that was like his thing forever. And then finally he's like, there's like this like, <laughs> this like labored pause, like, oh, in the back. And we're like, what's going on? And he was, oh, I ate four of those boxes. Yeah, like greedy and like, oh, but he's so fun. But oh like, I think God. that the stories that you must hear must just be so heartfelt, right? Like, it really, I mean, there's nothing better than when somebody doing a eulogy gets everybody there to laugh their ass off. Yeah. You know, that's yeah. exactly what they need. You know, there's happy yeah. tears, there's sad yeah. tears, yeah. you know, and you're feeling a whole range of emotion. Yeah. You, you know, it's uh, one of the best quotes that I heard about loss was actually from all people is uh, Keanu Reeves. Oh. And he said, the ones that love us will miss us. And that's the only thing I know for sure. And I, wow. I think that that's like, I don't know. I think what you do is amazing. I think the, the fact that you get to honor those people, like, Ali, you're awesome. Man. Oh, really you guys. Out. You really are. Like, straight up. You guys. Yeah. Yeah. Aww. Are you are you feeling okay? I am. Yeah, I'm a uh, little stuffed up from my allergies, <laughs> but I'm a okay. <laughs> so um, for the audience, we were supposed yeah. to do this podcast like six times. And yeah. We had technical issues. Then you weren't feeling well, and then my arm fell out. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god! Like, my arm fell brutal. out. Oh my god! Yeah. But you know yeah. what? It um, happens for a reason. We're it does. Today, and yeah. if this yeah. goes over well, who knows? Maybe we'll have a part two. Oh, oh we 100%. should definitely have a part two. I think I think we should part two because there's so much. There's so many more questions. Like I um I actually had a question come through, and I don't know if that's in the notes or not. But uh, someone oh. was asking about the like the history of embalming, like what has changed. <laughs> I think that changed? was one of your friends. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, it was like yeah. what's changed, like from like Egyptian days. <laughs> uh, like what was what has changed since like e Egyptian days versus like present day, and how like how the techniques have evolved, how you know all that kind of stuff. Where you know what's that been like? Um. Well, thankfully, one of my classes was strictly ancient techniques. All we learned wow. about was 
you know, Egyptians and Native Americans and like how different cultures honor their dead and how they take care of them. Um, Mm -hmm. So things have changed like scientifically, um, but the cultures are relatively the same, you know, like um, um, Buddhism, uh, Hindu, Sikhs, they're still acknowledging ancient traditions from like hundreds of years ago. Wow, Um, that's amazing. But like the Egyptians were definitely the stepping stone for preserving our loved ones um you know and creating what an embalming was um and then embalming kind of skyrocketed during the civil war when all these people were dying so far away from home and their families wanted them back home so you know embalmers were rushing out into the battlefield doing an embalming out in the field to bring them back wow. on the train. Wow. Yeah. To preserve them to last like the trip home. Yeah. Wow. That's yeah. incredible. Because it yeah. doesn't stop the process. It just delays it. But it right. does it enough so that you can have that dignified viewing for your family. Mm, that's incredible. Yeah. Um Man. Yeah, that's that's having like my mind blown over here. <laughs> yeah, this is, well, you know what? I think that you know we've we've used the word taboo a few times within this time together, and it's like it's true. Like we don't want to admit that this life is short. That yeah. we are not gonna we are not infinite in terms of our flesh, and so at some point this is gonna be over. And what does that look like? You know, like. Um, amazing there's so much more there's so much more to it i was actually curious for you ali like what was something that was like demystified that when you learned it when you were first getting into this industry that you were like holy shit i had no idea that that's how that that's how that worked like what was that did you have a moment like that that's a good question well i honestly i always thought the funeral director's role was just, you know, I stand up at the, they stand up at the front and say, thank you for coming. And, you know, they arrange everything. So it kind of like blew my mind when I was like, oh my gosh, you know, they're actually doing everything from start to finish. Like I show up at your home to pick up your mom when she's passed. I sit down with you to arrange her funeral. I direct the funeral. I go with you to the cemetery I sit down with you a few weeks later to, you know, help with her pension and stuff, you know? So, like, there's so much more to the role than meets the eye than what, you know, the public sees. Um, That it it was really interesting. And I was thankful to step into that role. That's really good. I think I'm sure that everybody that has come across your path has been grateful to have you on their side like during such a terrible you know really heavy emotional time to have someone like you helping them that's huge that's amazing well I mean I don't see it as a job like you said you know this is my life this is 
this is my calling and being compassionate towards people being understanding towards people you know it's it makes a huge difference on their grieving process that's amazing ali thank you seriously thank you for reaching out to us and and yeah thank you so much we'll we'll definitely do a part two i think because i was part part three and four i'm sure we can talk for hours honestly oh easily easily it's so thank you for being patient with us too no oh my gosh no thank you guys so much i'm so glad that this uh worked out today and this is amazing me too it's so important for us to have entertainment when the world is going to shit we need people like you to help us through our boring time to a restaurant i can't go out to the movies so you know what i'm doing i'm listening to podcasts or i'm playing video games you know like we need that that's so good I like that you said we were entertaining. I'll take it. (laughs) I'll take it. That's great. Um, I think I have like, I have last um, question Um, just to be like, just as a, a, to tie it all together, like considering we're still in COVID, we're still in the pandemic. What is one piece of advice that you'd want their listeners to take away with uh, from this conversation? I honestly, want to tell everybody to live life to the fullest you know Mm. appreciate every single day and remember that no matter what you're going through you can get through it oh that's amazing that's amazing (laughs) you're the best it's a great it's a great place to, to end it and uh Ali, you're the best. Thank you so much for coming on. Like that was really, really cool. Thank you guys so much. That was awesome. Thank you to John and Claudia and to everybody that's taking the time to listen to my probably annoying voice. No, no. I don't even I don't even finish sentences and I sound like I have a I have a congested nose all the time. Don't worry about it. (laughs) But uh, I'm thankful that you guys offered me this opportunity to spread awareness and knowledge about the funeral industry. Yeah, yeah, we'll definitely have you on again. Yeah, Yeah. that's so good. And don't hang up. Don't hang up. Thanks, guys. Bye.